HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Union Beer. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's June 16th, 2015. We have a special show tonight, Bushwick Beer. Thanks to our sponsors, Union Beer Distributors, supplier of world-class ales and lagers. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. We've got some great, great guests in the house. We've got places out here in Bushwick like Hops and Hawks, Arrogant Swine, and Pine Box Rock Shop. So there's a lot going on out here in Bushwick, and we spend a lot of time because that's where Roberta's is in the home of our, our studio at Heritage Radio Network. So so if you want to tweet us, at beer underscore sessions, check in. There's someone tweeting live now, and, and they'll get back to you. So some of our uh, favorite guests are back, Heather hey. and Jeff from Pine Box hey. Rock Shop. I missed your smooth radio voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just start singing for you. The worst the worst guest ever is Garrett Oliver, because once he gets on, he'll just start. He wants to sing and talk all day. Oh, we, so. did, we did one. A show with them, yeah. <laughs> I know. You guys have been on a lot. It's nice to have you back. So what are you guys doing? Do you have the, the Taste of Bushwick rap party tonight? Yeah, we have the Taste of Bushwick um, after party. They, uh, they're having kind of a block party at... Uh, on at, Rock uh, Street. Yeah, on Rock Street at Boar's Head. And so afterward, they can come and get two-for-one uh, drafts. And we have a special cocktail with Oni's Rum. Well, you guys, are, you really were, were pioneers out here. You were the first Good Brazil bar out in Bushwick. I remember when we, we first awarded you, you thought we were trying to scam you we guys. Did. We thought you were some sort of like pay-to-play organization. Right. You know, like when they, sometimes when you get it written up in one of the magazines, you get like an offer, an email, right? It's like you get a, a plaque for two hundred dollars. Yep. Framed, a framed print of your article and stuff. Right. Like who's who's directories. But then I knew you guys were really authentic. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's go around the room. we got some people that have never been on the show. Tyson Holm, my buddy from Arrogant Swan, he was the great story where he was he was doing like his own little barbecue thing, pushing to open up, did some uh, special events, and now you get one of the best restaurants out here in Bushwood. Well, I wouldn't call it the one of the best restaurants. I think we're a contributor to a neighborhood, and hopefully we don't offend too many people what we're doing. I mean, the, um, we're, we are certainly Bushwick's uh, first barbecue joint. So here we go. There, there's my Wikipedia entry for all of uh, Perpetuum. And you didn't offend anybody. <laughs> no, well, actually, well, I've, I, uh, I actually got a big, huge complaint 
today because uh, my neighbors, who you figure we're in an industrial business zone, like there's fumes and toxic toxic chemicals flowing Trucks. everywhere. Trucks and whatnot. I mean, how could we possibly offend anybody, right? Um, well, well, apparently our smoke kind of flowed, uh, flown into uh, the plastic bag manufacturer, and uh, all their employees had to go home because, uh, yeah. So that was kind of so a it's hot like mess. the nitty gritty Bushwick out here. Yeah. So again, I was figuring if we're in the middle of toxic smog everywhere, I would be the least offensive guy there. But oh no, that. Apparently not. I think a bunch of people at the plastic bag factory had a party and were like, hey, let's call in this smoke. We'll all go home sick. <laughs> we'll go to the party. <laughs> well, I, 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 don't, I don't mind the plastic bag guys because they're, they're the ones sneaking out at like, uh, at like one, in the, one in the afternoon to, for a drink. Totally. Uh, yeah. So. You keep the community going, Tyson. Oh, I do. That. I do. I mean, um, they are operating heavy equipment, so I'm not sure how great of a contribution I am to that. But, yeah. All right. And then our other special guests, we got Blake and Rachel from Hops and Hawks. How are you guys? Great. You know, I, I, I have a photo of you. You have the coolest sign outside. It's like these big letters, Hops and Hawks. And uh, say hi. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Who wants to talk? Rachel or Blake? Well, Come on, Blake. Get in here. Yeah, I've been the, the GM over at, uh, at Hops and Hawks now for a year and a half. And actually, today's my last day. Um, so uh, this is kind of this appearance is kind of a culmination of my uh, foray into the into the beer and meat and cheese world. That's the best introduction ever, man. <laughs> and then Rachel, Peace. what are you taking over from him? Or? Yeah. Seeing the torch? Here. Yeah, at <laughs> least in the beer department, I'm taking over for him. I've been at Hops and Hawks since like late February, and Blake has taught me a lot so far. So big shoes to fill, but I'm going to do my best. All right, so we're going to talk a lot about Bushwick beer. So, you know, Jeff and other you guys are kind of the pioneers out here with a, a good beer seal bar. You know, what's Bushwick like, and what's it been for you guys? It's crazy yeah. how much it's changed it's in the five so years fast. we've been open. And it's weird because we lived in Williamsburg for ten years before this, and that's all we said in Williamsburg, too. You know, we always hung out of Arcade. We had our wedding there, and uh, we'd always talk about, like, wow, the neighborhood's so different, the neighborhood's so different. Move out, like, five train stops and, you know, just keep saying the same thing. Uh, but it's good because I think in Bushwick, a lot of the entrepreneurship is small business and owner-operated. So I feel like, at least the people that I've met, that's been you know really positive. And uh, the community is really supportive of each other. And which is great for beer, too, because, you know, Hops and Hops, we, we patron and, you know, you come to Pine Box and we talk about great beer. And, that's what you know, we do that's how research. community is supposed to go. Oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> We've done some research together, I believe. <laughs> I like that kind of research. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, okay, I'm going to ask you some dumb questions to get you guys loosened up. So, okay, what's like the most popular beer by, by on draft at your, each of your respective places right now? Well, we have Mexican cake on draft right now. So. Westbrook, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and then people come in, they, they sell it by the growler, too? Yeah, we only sell it by the growler. Um, so you're just a growler-only place? Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, I was wow. going to say it's what we don't have on tap because we didn't have a sour beer last week. And those tend to be the most popular. Did people riot? Well, uh, you know, we did have a suggestion of past beers that were crossed out, so I think that might have that might have uh, you know made it worse. But actually, we just got something back in. Don't don't worry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> what sours do you have? Well, we just got the, the Anderson Valley one. I know you guys yeah. had that for a, yeah. for a long time. We were doing the, the like the last couple Grim, and uh, what was the other one we had? The, uh, the Star Child. Ah, uh, Star Child. Yeah. Great. What about you, Tyson, at Arrogance Wine? Well, Grimm has definitely been, like, I mean, I think anything, I think anything Joe Grimm makes, 
um, is the greatest thing ever. I mean, there's an outstanding order from me at Union that anytime Grimm shows up, I don't care what he makes. He could be brewing like camel sweat, and uh, I'll <laughs> I'll put it on I'll put it on tap because Grimm anything Grimm makes tastes great and um, and it sells. Now I'm kind of disappointed because the I think somehow there was some miscommunication with our order, so we I didn't get um, the the most recent Goza and. Um, they have it here at Roberta's. It's pissing me off right now. <laughs> Roberta's has magical powers. Oh, yes. yes Tyson, you're a trip. You, you were riding for a serious eats? Yeah. About I, your like, blow-by-blow opening and... Yeah, well, I, you're I'm a big s- complainer, aren't you? No, I mean, we're, we're, I'm, well, I'm still writing for serious eats, and you know, I mean that that uh, that was the idea was to kind of peel the the curtain back. It's like, all right, here's here's actual restaurant ownership and all its and, and all its glory and not so glorious moments. And um, you know, you know, there was uh, the when I first started writing for it, the idea was to uh, just kind of. Maybe make it not so awful. <laughs> Be like, all right, here's, here you go. Follow your dream. And, you know, here's this glorious road to it. And then, you know, nobody, nobody was interested. That wasn't, that didn't fly as well. So what I, what I did was actually just write down everything that was um, completely candid about my experience. Everything from dealing with contractors, um, uh, dealing with, like, employees, dealing with the health department flowing in on our opening day. Um, oh my god, you got inspected on your opening day? Yeah, we had inspected on our opening day, and we had this big, massive party on our opening day, so we were, like, mobbed. I mean, the, I mean, the, we have, like, we could seat, like, about 200 people outside, and every seat was taken on opening day. And, of course, the line, which there was a sizable line, got held up for a good, like, 45 minutes, because these guys were walking around with thermometers and all that other fun oh, um, jollies. All right. And what about you guys? Pine Box Rock Shop. What's moving well over there? The local stuff, like crazy. I mean, there's so much of it now. Um, but we're finding more and more when people are coming in. They're less interested in the West Coast IPAs and stuff like that. They're, they're more focused on Third Rail, other half. Uh, one guy who makes beer we just can't keep in stock is Rich over at uh, Bridge and Tunnel. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we put a keg of his stuff up. It goes in a few hours. And uh, I'm constantly texting him, trying to get him to bring me some more stuff. And uh, he's, uh, he's working on, as you guys know, uh, uh, bigger facility. So once that happens, hopefully we'll have more of that in. But yeah, that just never sticks around. We've heard that from a lot of small brewers actually in, in Queens and Brooklyn that it's getting harder and harder for them to get space. Um, and uh, we know a couple of people, I won't say who they were, but they're like, we're thinking about looking in Manhattan. I don't think there's there's actually no production brewery in Manhattan anymore. There's five weight. Casterbury closed, Chelsea closed. Hey, who brought beer? Let's. uh, So you guys are all like, you know, beer bars, beer shops. But did anyone bring beer for the show? (laughs) I brought. I brought this um, this farmhouse IPA from Parish in um, in Louisiana. So figure you all you all get to um, experiment with lots of other local Let's guys. Let's pop so, it. Yeah. Come on. I actually don't have any instruments. <laughs> so you get the beer bar owners and then the restaurant owners and the beer shop guys. There has to be a twist. There's no beer, right? Look at this. Yeah, come there on. There you go. So I know you guys aren't going to stay too long, uh, Heather and Jeff. Tell me, uh, tell me some of the features of your place. You have music. Yeah, we got it. We got a booker, so we're doing live music like. Uh, I think what six five nights, nights a five week nights now, a yeah. week, which has been really good. Um, we built the venue out kind of slowly in the back. Oh, I poured that bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, 
as a reflection of what's been going on with with the local scene, we've been focusing more and more on carrying New York beers, um, and that's getting easier and easier to do. In fact, in July, we're going to do the entire month. Uh, we're going to do Good Beer Month, just New York City beers on draft. In so, July. Yeah. So That's the first days. time we've actually heard about July Good Beer Month. We haven't talked about it too much. No, no. I appreciate kind of that you're boring. into it, because no. it's going to be this, the seventh annual July Good Beer yeah. Month. Well, what's yeah. cool is there's so many New York City beers now that you can do 16 Easily. lines. Yeah. Easily. And, you know, not even repeat a style. Well, maybe repeat a little idea. Justin emailed earlier, I think there's 22 breweries in New York City right now where people making beer registered in New York City. It's pretty amazing. So, Tyson, what is is the beer that you brought again? So, this one, I believe, is a... I mean, they call it an IPA, but uh, from what I've been... I actually haven't tasted this yet. I have have people sending me beer all the time, so this is... uh, Which is, is, uh, again, this is my first foray uh, foray into the hospitality industry, and I didn't think how awesome it would be that... You know, I would be happy just people giving me money, but my guests are the ones constantly bringing me beer, right? I mean, uh, what? I mean, how how awesome is that as a job? The fact that your people that you're trying to please, people that you're trying to like solicit cash from, is actually trying to make you happier by bringing you booze. Did someone bring you this from Louisiana? They did. That's nice. Yeah. Wow, we got to get a picture of that. And then uh, Blake and Rachel, does that happen to you guys? People show up with bottles for you guys to taste all the time. Yeah. No, actually, that's not. <laughs> maybe they're just trying to say something about your beer list. Type. Oh yeah, maybe they're. Well, there's. Well, I mean, that's the. I mean, that was the one of the more surprising things for people when they first um, come in. Uh, you know, when we were building the place out, the idea was to try to showcase the fact that, like, yes, we are serious about our beers. We have like twenty lines, and um, we. I spent a lot of time figuring out which beers to put on and which beers that are hard to get for people. And so people really do um, – I was thinking it would be kind of an uphill battle to convince people that, like, A, we are serious about our beer, um, which is hard to communicate when we first open because you're a barbecue joint, right? I mean, Scheinerbach all around. Um, that, that was the mindset for, for a lot of people when they were coming in. But once they come in, they're like, oh, wow, you, you got a lot Not of good stuff. Not for a barbecue spot in Bushwick, you know? Like, maybe if you're downtown Brooklyn or something. But yeah, this I think is... people here are pretty hip to, like, craft beer. Yeah, I mean, I think even, like, uh, but if you go around Brooklyn, I mean, a lot of the barbecue joints in Brooklyn are fairly constrained uh, in what they can do. Like, where, um, you know, uh, I think hometown is a destination, so they're pretty adventurous with their beer list, but there's a lot of places that are kind of catering to their environment, right? If you're in a stroller mom um, kind of environment, well, your, your beer list is not going to be all that diverse. We're in the middle of the boonies, right? We, there's nobody around us. There's a stainless steel guy across the street from me. So if you're coming out to see me, you're a fairly open-minded kind of guy. That's awesome. Heather and Jeff, why don't you guys give us a quick like, you know, summary of what you think of the, the scene in Bushwick, the bars, restaurants, the places you like to go? Exploded. It's been awesome. You know, when we first moved here, there was just a few places, obviously Roberta's and Life Cafe, and ever since then, it's just been it's been awesome. I love Deer Bushwick. Um, I love Forest Point. Uh, I haven't had a chance to come out to your place, but I'm sure I'm going to love it. So sorry. Northeast Kingdom, that's really, really good. Oh, yeah, I, I ate yeah. there once. That was pretty great. Yeah. Um, what about you, Jeff? Well, I guess I'm more thinking in terms of beer, and uh, when we opened... Part of the incentive of carrying good beer was it was the only place we can get it around here. Now I can, you know, I can go out, hops and hawks, pick up some great beer. Um, there's just tons of bars and restaurants around here now, all carrying great local stuff. So, 
Do you guys really have to leave after the segment? We gotta get the bar ready for the after party. <laughs> Taste of Bushwick. Yeah. So who is who is who are some of the restaurants in Taste of Bushwick? You know, I had, that, you I had that very same question, but a lot of a lot of the yeah, <laughs> you guys are participating. Yeah. Um, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but they started as one organization, and then they didn't do it for a couple years, and then they restarted it uh, with the support of Boar's Head. Uh, well, they did it last year. They did it over on uh, Jefferson. Yeah, you know, that stop. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's more in conjunction with the, the Bushwick Star, though, and then and I guess Boar's Head has, okay. has, has supported it both years. And this year, they opened up the the Rock Street that they took away from us, right? Um, yeah. For for this one day. Well, what's so, that? What's the Rock Street? Rock Street is a street that uh, that that, that con- connects Bogart and Morgan. Uh, the streets that uh, you know, Roberta's is on Bogart, Hops and Hawks is on Morgan, to Morgan Avenue. Um, but anyway, it was a nice thoroughfare, apparently. But uh, they, they, uh, Boar's Head uh, folks, I guess, got the city to to uh, give it to them. So it's been blocked off for the last couple of years. But wow. they're opening it now and having like a pavilion yeah. where people can try different uh, different Bushwick restaurants and stuff. It's been, it's I think it's good. It looks, I it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. We we, yeah. we went over there to set up, and uh, there's all the great names are there. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Heather and Jeff, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, we'll, thanks for we'll having us. We'll probably visit again. you afterwards. Yeah. And uh, we're going to take a, f- a short break. We're back in a few minutes. Chris O'Leary is coming on to talk about historical Brooklyn breweries, too, on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. L. Knife and Son acquired Union Beer Distributors, which was originally located on Union Avenue in Brooklyn, but has since expanded to its present location alongside the English Kills Canal in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Union Beer has grown dramatically in the last decade as the primary distributor of Anheuser-Busch products for Kings County, Brooklyn, through the hiring and development of the best people in the industry. In 2003, Union Beer acquired a powerful catalog of specialty brands, which immediately positioned them as the craft beer supplier to accounts in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Union perpetually tweaks their portfolio to maintain the highest level of stylistic breadth with the most coveted brands available. Through the highest possible level of service, outstanding salesmanship of the ultimate lineup of brands, and a paramount focus on education on all levels, Union Beer has solidified its position as the only source for the best selection of beers in the 14 counties of southeastern New York. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We're out here in Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and we've got the Bushwick Beer Show. Um, some of our guests just left from uh, Pine Box Rock Shop, but we're joined by Chris O'Leary, Brew York, New York. He's going to tell us guests. in a little bit about some historical Brooklyn breweries. And Raphael from The Sampler, another uh, Bushwick bars here. What's happening, buddy? party people? All right, man. <laughs> so we, 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 I really want to get B- Blake and Rachel from Hops and Hawks. It's, it's a unique place, so... Tell us about Hops and Hawks, because it's got a cool sign outside. Yeah, well, those are the two things, beer beer and meat, beer and charcuterie. So we got cured meats, ham, salami, all that kind of stuff. Um, but in addition, we've got cheeses, 
local provisions. Just about everything we have is made in Brooklyn. Uh, and we're not just saying that. I mean, well, basically, you can get everything you want here now. So whether it's uh, maple syrup or uh, biltong, uh, you know, this Australian kind of jerky, I mean, you're going to find it made in, in Brooklyn. So we've got all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, of course, we, we do growlers. We've got 20 lines. Sandwiches. Sam- oh, yes. Yeah. Don't like sandwiches. And you're on yeah. Morgan, two Morgan. It's the big draw, I think. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you know, you brought a sample of, of what you guys have. So you, what's in your growler? Because we want to taste your beer. What you guys pick for us? Well, this is uh, – actually, we just got a new one from Maine. Um, this is the beer hop two. beer two, beer two, which is this uh, light body session IP. IPA. Yeah. Session IPA. I haven't had it yet, so here's the how. Second beer in their hop program. So you guys have a, a pretty diverse selection of beers. Okay. You got it. Everybody's got it. Mm-hmm. Chris, have you had it before? No, I've never had this one. So can we be critical, or does this have to be a love fest? No, you can. <laughs> it's supposed to be a love fest for you guys, but you can make fun of Tyson if you want. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got lots of cannon fodder for that too. So. I found that session IPAs are an acquired taste. I found a. I found there's now a backlash to session IPAs. Anytime I speak highly of a session IPA, I get people who come out of the woodwork and be like, "Session IPAs suck." And I'm like they're just hop water. So um, <laughs> I'm kind of in your camp on that. Well, no, that's not my camp. That's my <laughs> I camp. love them. I love them. I, you know, it, 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 there's a time and place for every beer, and session IPAs fall right into. Running off the subway because it was delayed into a studio, <laughs> wanting to have something refreshing. <laughs> well, your, your enthusiasm is always infectious. Because now I'm thinking, I like this. But it's also a main a main session beer. Yeah, main beer company. I haven't had one there. So, yeah. Rafael, look at you, man. Sampler. Yeah, you guys I'm are rocking it out. Representing the sampler over here, and well, part of the Bushwick community too, because like. Even that is like a couple of years, very very new um, spot over there. I feel like it just landed in the moment that it was happening all this transformation in Bushwick. I remember when we opening, um, all the people was like uh, kind of surprised to see that like business model, that kind of like environment, that kind of like um, shelves just open to the public and everybody's like, oh, I'm surprised like nobody's already like breaking into the windows and taking all the bottles at night because this place was rough, man. And so right now it just like feels like it's such a welcoming area, such a welcoming neighborhood that we're so excited that we're still like kicking it and like Are you, from, are you from Bushwick? I used to live in Bushwick. Um, no, I'm from Mexico City originally, <laughs> but uh, I have it in my heart. <laughs> Let's go back in history. So we've got this. I could do a, a Bushwick pub and beer crawl. I'm sure you, Blake. T- give us a walkthrough. Let's say I came out here next week. And I wanted to get some beer and food in, in different parts of Bushwick. What, yeah, what would well, your pub crawl when be? People come in and, and, and sometimes they think that we we we, we pour. That we you know it's all to go. We're a, we're a growler fill station. So they'll ask us where to go. So of course I send them over to the Pine Box. Like I said, that's where we do our research. They've got always got you know you go there once a week. You're going to try two or three new beers. Um, otherwise, yeah, you kind of head in in, in Raphael's direction. Um, let's see. Uh, what address are you at, Raphael? I'm sorry. The, the sampler. What's your address? Uh, 234 Star Street, just in the corner with um, um, Wyckoff, between Wyckoff and Irving. And it's a lot of action going on right now there with all this, like, barbecue spot just open, the pasta place, and Cuco, and, like, all this. You see the Bushwick Open Studio a couple of weeks ago? It was just crazy. It's madness. All these mm-hmm. people that's 
making a destination on that area in there. So yeah, I just out of the Jefferson Station and the L train, hopping it in, ready to party, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. There's there's another place. Uh, yeah, the bodega actually was uh, um, one of the first uh, bars in the in the new wave that moved in there in the neighborhood. That opened about almost five years ago now. Um, alongside Northeast Kingdom, which was mentioned in the last segment. And I'd like to say that I probably had something to do with the fact that they have 12 draft lines instead of six for beer because I was patronizing the place so much because it was the only place in the neighborhood at the time. Um, so did, did you give them instructions? <laughs> I did not give them specific instructions, but they were very excited when they installed the second tap tower. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, since then, it, it's amazing how quickly the neighborhood has just expanded in, in terms of the offerings and, and great beer offerings, too. I mean, when, when Raphael's place opened up, I was thrilled to have a craft beer shop in the neighborhood. And then Hops and Hawks opened, and I was thrilled to have a second one, too. You know, so it's it's um, it's really great to see that happening here. And if, uh, if you live a little bit in the other direction towards like East Williamsburg, there's also the, uh, the Wick and the Well, right? Yep. There's a live music venue and Huge tap house out there. I know that's the place that you like. Yeah, yeah. They have a ton of taps over at the well. Yeah. <clears throat> and and Tyson's spot right down the street, too. You could really, like, I mean, you could go from one to the other to the other to the other all day long and, and uh, <laughs> really have a good time. Um, because this, this neighborhood is just uh, it's just a wealth of, of beer options now where it wasn't even three years ago. It really wasn't. So um, it's great to see it come around. Well, cheers to you guys. Cheers to Bushwick. Salute. We do, I come out every week, so <laughs> and even Roberta's too. I mean, you know, Roberta's has they always have they always have beer on draft, but but their back bar, uh, I think, starting last year or year and a half ago, they started having separate lines in the back, and they always there's always some good things. You said that. I think, uh, was it Tyson? You said that they have Grimm here at Roberta's, but that you can't even get it at Arrogance Wine. They they beat me to it. And I'm, I'm, I'm about to. I'm actually about to like break into the bank. And, uh, while if you're it here. makes you feel better, we tried to get it on draft two and we didn't get any. Right. What, what, yeah. I, what I like about this this like local conversation, Chris, and you probably agree with me, is that not too long ago everybody talked about how, how can you get Hill Farmstead or Hetty Topper. It used to be something from the West Coast, you know, Russian River or something. But now I like that you can actually, you guys are actually complaining because you can't get a New York City beer. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of neat. Well, okay, each one pick one one beer that you you want to get besides Graham that you that you you can't get or you have trouble getting. Hmm. Raphael's first because I know he's well definitely Russian River. I mean, we <laughs> have the Russian River like damnation and um, all those like sour, the sour. River. I'll tell you one because I'm talking. If you're going outside of the city, Crooked Stave, there was a 12% they distribute Crooked Stave, and there was an email on Sunday. You guys probably all get it. It's like, wow, we got Crooked Stave on, on keg. So I waited till today, and of course I waited. I said, I just want to get you know one sixth of one and one sixth of the Surrette, because I've never seen them on draft. I'm like, sorry, all the kegs are sold out. So that's mine, Crooked Stave. Russian River Crooked Stave. What about you, Tyson? I would, I would give, uh, well, I'm pretty close to be willing to give my left kidney to bring wicked weed to New York oh. City, you know that there were were a North Carolina style barbecue. You, you got to ask Justin Kennedy about wicked. He's got the direct line to wicked weed. Yeah, hey, um, uh, again, uh, left kidney is right here. Who, whoever, because uh, we, you know, we were the first to pour a collaboration uh, with Stone here. But you know, in terms of just people doing next level stuff, 
um, you know, wicked weed out in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Well, Tyson, I don't think I think we've talked about this before. There isn't a single North Carolina brewery that distributes in New York City. There, there isn't, and you know, and that's true, Chris. There were, you know, and I, I am I'm willing to be a martyr for the cause. So whoever wants it, <laughs> wait, let, let kidney, man. wait a minute, that's not true. Doesn't Sierra Nevada also make beer in North Carolina? Ah, Dude, and that's Oscar Blues. It's, it's okay, so, fine. So you got me. You got all right. Me. So does Oscar Blues, but like that's the you know that's the okay. And we gotta get rich because it's like Blake's last day and Rachel's first day. So yeah. wh- what's the beer that you guys w- w- want to get but you can never get? Uh, well, you know, I'd like to get Hill Farmstead. I've never had that. I don't have a car to drive up there. So, you know, somebody <laughs> brought me a Heady Topper once, but they come in and say, do you have any Hill Farmstead? And I say, well, you know, you've got to bring that to me. <laughs> um, the, you know, mostly it's I get upset when we can't get some of the local ones. I mean, we mentioned Grimm, but sometimes there'll be a uh, limited release from Mother Half, something like that. I mean, that's the ones that are coveted to me uh, because they really are only distributed locally. Uh, there's probably some others, you know, maybe you have some, some experience in some other beers, but... Uh, there's so many great ones locally that, you know, that's what I'm and then What's on. happening to you? So tell us, your, your, we're gonna, we have another segment, we'll talk yeah, yeah. more, but how'd you get into this business and, and how'd you get your job? Well, uh, you know, I was working at a, at a, at a, I was working at a cheese counter uh, and well, actually I was a stock boy and then I worked up my way to the cheese counter and then somebody asked me if I wanted to buy the beer. And uh, so I took I took the opportunity to do that, and uh, next thing I know, I was the general manager of this place uh, when we opened uh, a year and a half ago. And now um, I'm going away for the summer, and not sure what what's what's happening. Where after are you that. going? Going down to South America for the, about a month and a half. Oh yeah. And then Rachel, you're ta- are you taking over as general manager? Yeah. Well, no, not as general oh. manager, just as beer buyer. So yeah, um, I just moved here from Virginia in February, and so this is like new industry for me. I have a beer blog with my sister who also works for a brewery in um, Virginia. What's it and, called? Uh, it's called Barley Babes. Yeah. So like that one. Tyson's smiling. Let me just plug it right now. <laughs> yeah. Everybody check it out. Barley Babes. <laughs> yeah. So basically I just came to New York and was like, someone at a beer shop or a brewery hire me in Hops and Hoxstead. So, yeah. All right. Chris, what's a beer that you... you want to get in New York you can never get because I know you go everywhere how many breweries did you visit last year in 2014 last year I visited 150 on the dot yes Um, I'm at uh, I think 112 for the year so far Wow, you're ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm so all that travel, just tell us. I mean, we have all, another segment to talk about it, but what's a beer that you can't get in New York that probably none of us have ever had that you wish you could have? That none of you have had. Um, oh, that's I do. I really. I've kind of um, fallen in love with the stuff that Cali Craft is making out in, uh, in California in the Bay Area. Um, they're using a lot of like uh, wine yeast. Um, and to make really like kind of what they call sparkling ales, really like innovative, fascinating stuff. And it, you know, the wine yeast kind of has the influence of being in you know a region very well known for its wine. So um, that's something I'd love to see. Here. That one sounds Just good, doesn't it? Raf- Raphael's like digging it over yeah, there. Yeah, sounds very good. <laughs> what, what part of California is that from? Yeah. Uh, I think they're based in uh, Auburn, California. So in the Bay Area. So. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Right. So yeah, Jimmy. Also, I mean, I was. I was thinking about that, like how many beers I would like to see here and I would like to have in here. But also I think at the same time, like, I feel like so like lucky to have also so many great beers that you can find in here that you cannot find anywhere else, anywhere else. Like, you know, like Other Half, Green, Trees Brewing Company, Bridge and Tunnel, like all these amazing locals 
um, microbrewers that are doing fantastic stuff that I feel like, oh my gosh, and I have it around the corner, and I saw like people will die for this kind of beer, like next day, like New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, even, but even like. I feel like we're really good contenders with the West Coast breweries right now. I think like we're definitely like putting something together that's that. gonna be really we're there. You know the only, problem, the only problem the only problem we have is that nobody brought beer. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna take a short break. We'll figure what beer we have. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Thanks to our sponsors, Union Beer Distributors, suppliers of world-class ales and lagers in New York and beyond. All right. So Chris O'Leary's here. We're going to talk about some historical beers. But uh, Blake from Hops and Hawks, what's your, you got a quick comment? I was just going to follow up on what Raphael was saying about having so many great beers out here. One of the, one of the interesting things is we have a lot of tourists who come through. Um, and you know they want to they want to take a couple bottles home and they want local stuff. So you know what do you, what do you have local? And I, and I start to go to the fridge and then I realize it's all on tap. You know there's something kind of nice about having this ephemeral nature, as if we were just like Bushwick was just like a brew pub for all of New York. But you really have to to, to get it in the growler to go. There's the odd you know evil twin bottle or you know we have still water of course but like in general it's all stuff that you got to take home right. or drink here and you're, you're right about that and it's it's a good stuff going on. But Chris, mm-hmm. okay, historical Bushwick. So we yeah. got co- contemporary Bushwick. We beat the crime. We got Boar's Head and uh, what stainless steel contractors. But Bushwick is happening. Everybody knows it. So historical. Bush, what, like 1898 or something? Well, yeah, well, 1898 was uh, the article I most recently did. Um, but really, I mean, the the growth of brewing in Bushwick started uh, in the, the mid-1800s, uh, especially towards the 1870s, as a lot of German immigrants uh, started to make it to New York um, and started brewing here um, because the, they found the beer that was here was kind of lacking in quality and didn't meet their standards. So um, I was... So I, I uncovered a little uh, booklet uh, from the New York Public Library that um, details lists all of the breweries that were operating in Brooklyn and different parts of history, actually throughout the United States. But um, there were in 1898 uh, over 40, and that wasn't even the peak. The peak really happened about 10, 15 years before that. There started to be consolidation as technology improved as we move closer to things like refrigeration 
and quicker transport of beer as well. Um, but we're sitting kind of in between uh, two areas that were big clusters of breweries around the turn of the 20th century. Uh, one is about uh, about six blocks to our north and a block over at uh, roughly around Montrose Avenue and uh, Bushwick Avenue. Um, there was a cluster of about six breweries that were operating in that area. And then uh, in the same distance to the south. That's where I get off the subway a lot. Yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> like where, where the, I mean, there's, it's funny because if you look at these addresses, you realize that um, a lot of these breweries eventually were torn down probably during Prohibition um, to, and ended up being replaced with schools. There are, lots, there are actually a lot of schools that sit on former brewery locations um, and housing developments and things like that. If you go south from here, um, that's where we found um, another cluster of breweries um, just around uh, Evergreen, uh, between Evergreen and, and Bushwick um, Avenue in that area, uh, just south of Flushing Avenue. That's where Rheingold was, um, and that was one of the longest lasting of that era, um, Rheingold and and, um, and Peels were the only two that really survived all the way up until the 1970s that were around at that time. Schaefer came a little bit later and also stuck around until the 70s, too. But, yeah, you know, within walking distance of here back in 1898, there were close to 15 breweries. And if you went further uh, west towards the East River, um, you could find even more closer to uh, the Williamsburg Bridge, um, which wasn't i don't think built at that time (laughs) (laughs) did you have to do a lot of research to to find this out or was it like one brochure well this brochure kind of fell into my hands but um it was i did have to do a lot of research in order to find out the exact locations of some of these because um sometimes they just had you know a street name and that was it or an intersection but we didn't know exactly what Air, you know what location within the intersection um, so we were able to find exact street addresses and some of the street names changed too which made it challenging so for example um, one of the um, I can't remember the name of the street right now but what's, what is now Wilson Avenue actually had a German name um, but during World War I um, the name of the street had to be changed because of you know anti-German sentiment and it was named after Woodrow Wilson who was president at the time so <laughs> So um, it's it, so that that was a little interesting discovery I found along the way. But yeah, the vast majority of these breweries had a, had a German influence to them um, and catered to German immigrants, and many of them had things like legitimate. You know, kind of one of my one of my pet peeves is the overuse of the word beer garden. <laughs> one, the, you know, but but in this case, legitimate beer gardens that sat over the lagering tanks and and you know had nice shady trees, lots of communal seating, and were boisterous too. Um, so th- those those obviously didn't last very long. Um, you know, and and most of those fell. You know, so there was, fell was off the map. Like a lot of nineteenth uh, century. New York was German. Mm-hmm. A lot mm-hmm. of German Americans. I know that happened too. I saw pictures of like Chinatown, and even in Chinatown, they had uh, Chinese rat skullers. And rat skuller was a name that was used like a pub. Mm-hmm. And it, after World War One, it kind of went yeah. away. So. Yeah, and 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 there are very few. I mentioned the schools, but there are. I mean, there are very few. Uh, buildings left where these breweries stood, but there are a few. Um, the, there's um, 
there's a couple of buildings that you can actually walk around, especially up towards um, Cypress Avenue um, near the Ridgewood line. Actually, they're kind of questionably Brooklyn or, you know, Bushwick or Ridgewood. Um, but um, they uh, there's still buildings that you can find. There's one right off the Myrtle Wyckoff stop that was the cold storage for a brewery at that location that still has the etching of the brewery name on it. And there are a couple other buildings scattered around Bushwick that still have remnants of of their former use as breweries. So um, it's it's kind of it's kind of fun to discover and uh, I kind of list out I, I put notes on on the map that's on on the site um of what buildings are still standing um so you can actually kind of go and explore and see see what's left it's not very impressive to see what's left now and there's no beer being made in them but I, I, there's one around here that's a it's a noodle factory and it used to be a brewery do you guys know of any any other uh, former breweries in this area that you may have walked by and said oh that was an old brewery and now it's something else wasn't there one over on marcy uh, yeah, yeah, th- there was. Or maybe uh, that's not a brewery, though. I mean, the first it's an old thing, brewery, it's an old building. Yeah, <laughs> so it could have been a brewery. The the first the the other one that that actually probably stands out the most is is the old Hiddleman Brewery is where the Wick and the Well is now. Okay, that's what I was gonna um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that um, that uh, is pretty cool because I was able to see some of the you can see a little bit on the outside and in fact the logo is still on the building of the old Hiddleman, Hiddleman Brewery that opened. At, post 1900 but not long after um and was really you know it was it was more um it saw its heyday really as a post-prohibition brewery so were they all german style beers they were brewing mostly yeah um you know they're there i i when i when i studied up on some of this stuff and and researched some of their beers the vast majority of them were in the german style um there were a few places that kind of experimented with with um more unique styles but they were still plays on german brewing so um you know they they were moving into there's one that just specialized in wheat beers actually which was kind of innovative at the time um although it's still traditional german but um just not something that was done in the u.s so did they ever do any of the uh, the box and stuff like that, or is it mainly? Yeah, like- yeah. No, there were some, there were some darker beers. Obviously, they offered, but it was all kind of in the German style categories that we, or what we define as German categories today. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I'm I'm still like I'm still constantly learning more. And now I've kind of jumped into Manhattan to to uh, because there's a, there were actually more breweries in Manhattan in 1898 than there were in Brooklyn. Um, so that that's kind of my next adventure. But uh, but yeah, it, it would be interesting to see some local breweries here kind of mimic some of the styles. Um, it would be challenging to kind of unearth those but uh you know the recipes or anything like that but it would be interesting to see actually folks beer which is down in um uh, they they, when i was researching i realized that there is a brewery directly across the street there was a 
brewery directly across the street from where their brewery is now on this little side street in uh, in Gowanus. So it's like, and they're kind of making some old world yeah. styles too. Which yeah, he's is interested cool. in the ninth. <laughs> Have you guys had folks beer at oh, yeah. Hobbs and Hobbs? Yeah, we've had the. Tell the, us about him because he's a cool guy. Isn't he great? Yeah. No. Uh, How do you find him? Does he come to you, or you you I say? I found him a, kind of on a, a newspaper article. I think didn't know anything about him. Checked out the website, kind of like the ethos of the of the folks beer and the proletariat nature of that, and uh, finagled my way into his brewery, and we, the two of us sat at, at his makeshift bar and, and drank his beers for the, over the course of the afternoon. It was wonderful. And, uh, you know, they're all very kind of subtle, German-inspired German beers. Um, and, uh, no, we've had their, uh, their morning dew, which is, he, he called, he said to me, he, he called it an alpine ale, and I think he may have backed away from it, but I, I ran with it. I thought, <laughs> it, sounds so in, it sounds so interesting, and people are like, what's an alpine ale? I'm like, yeah, I knew, I knew, that, I knew that that would happen. So, and, and it does, it's, it's, it's this kind of German-inspired, floral, but still kind of light-bodied ale that it, there's something about it, you're like, well, what, what is it that makes it so delicious, you know? I, I think he, he might be onto something. That maybe yeah. he's making what they made in New York in the 19th century. Yeah, yeah. No, it'd be cool to see that tradition come back a little more. I'm always I'm always a proponent of seeing breweries make more lagers, even knowing the challenges of it being a little more expensive and time consuming. So, um, you know, if the if the opportunity is there, you know, I'd love to see it more. And then, is other than your blog, I mean, how else can we learn about these old breweries? Of, are you going to write a book about it? <laughs> Maybe you should. Oh man! I, should. Uh, I just bought a. I was down in Charleston. I bought a book called Charleston Beer. So oh, there's cool. definitely a, a market for it. Yeah. No. In fact, I was and I was up in uh, I was up in Rhode Island um, this uh, this past weekend, and um, there's a, a pair who just wrote a, a book there about the history of Rhode Island beer. So it would be fun to delve. I mean. Uh, compared to compared to New York, it would probably be it was relatively thin compared to what would have to be written just about New York State, New York City, because there's just so much here that happened, um, you know, pre-prohibition. Yeah, this so. was like one of the big capitals of beer in America. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, you know, close to like one out of every ten beers brewed in the U.S. was brewed in Brooklyn. You know, at the the turn of the 20th century. All right. Hey, okay, we're, we're wrapping up, but each one of you brought a, a, another beer, I think. Who, who has beer left? We're going to pick our last beer. So everybody pull out the beer that they have. I know, Chris, you brought some interesting beers. Does anyone else have a beer left? Well, we got the Mexican cake here, but I think there's also a can. Ah, uh, the Mexican cake. Mexican cake, Mexican cake so, from so, Westbrook. So funny that you brought Mexican cake because Mexican cake was the first beer I ever had at the sampler. <laughs> Raphael, I remember when I walked into the sampler like right after they opened it. Raphael's like, "Do you want to have some Mexican cake?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah. It was very interesting to see the reaction of everybody because that was our our future beer when we opened. And everybody was uh, very surprised to have that kind of beer that has all these like different layers of like sweetness and spiciness and chocolate and like all this like still a beer that they never taste before and that's what I met Chris Le- Chris O'Leary and ever since <laughs> we've been it it's awesome. yeah and yeah. we we see it so happy like uh, it just came out uh, recently and we hope to have it for that. Uh, for the, we we make a really good combination in KCR. We buy it, name it um, cake for lunch. So we we make a mix of like lunch for beer uh, main beer company and Mexican cake, and uh, it was really really good pairing. That's fascinating, huh? So, uh, Chris, <laughs> w- which uh, Bushwick place do you go to the most for beer? You can tell us. 
It probably, it probably is a sampler, but that now, now it, I do love it. It's also out of convenience because it's the closest to me. So <laughs> that's part of local, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so you got the Mexican cake, local. and then uh, Blake. How did you get it? Because you know, there, there's some really in demand beers. That's Rachel Mexican cake. That, yeah, I. I mean, usually I like have been checking with him before everything I do because I'm still a little like. Getting my getting my sea legs here, um, but I saw like twelve percent uh, emailed and said that it was available, and I was like, I'm going for it, I'm getting it, man. And so yeah, it's I guess it's paid off. People come in for it, so it's pretty good. And Tyson, a- anything I'm hoarding, on, on I'm your actually hoarding mine. <laughs> Why? Huh? Why? Because it's it's the same. Like we we actually have like this under uh, underground. Uh, I guess not so secret right now. But there is a secret menu at Eric's Wine, mainly stouts. So like you know, anytime I get because like a lot of these stouts come out in the spring and the summer, which kind of makes you scratch your head a little bit. Now, I know there are guys who will drink stouts on the beach, but you know we hoard ours for come the fall and winter when I think it's going to be when everyone has stouts on their mind. So. You can buy Mexican cake from me, but it's not on the menu. <laughs> well, you know, we, we might buck trends tonight. Justin suggested that instead of having dinner uh, after the show here, we should go to Arrogance Wine. Oh, all right. I don't know. Well, should we do Mex- that? Mexican cake await you. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, anything. I, I want to hear from, because Blake's kind of like it's your first time on and your swan song. Well, you're going you know, away. If you, uh, I'm going to check out the uh, the craft beer scene in South America. So maybe I'll, uh, if, if I put something, if I yeah, well, I'm looking to be a correspondent for a few different topics. So, uh, if it gets me a, a spot back on here, uh, certainly. All right. I've seen you good spots in Mexico City. You love it, man. Mexico City. Yeah. You guys are awesome. We're, I was making a toast. We're just getting warmed up, and the, and the show's wrapping down. You, guys, just, come out to Bushwick. Jimmy, can I just very, make a very fast comment? Uh, it's all about Bushwick. We have a series called Bushwick uh, Bruce Bonanza. Every three months, we got together. Casey got, and well, the staff and the, and the sample got together. This only local breweries. And for the we have this so far as we made three, and every time you see the you see the the tap list and just like damn we have good stuff in New York, so please guys next uh, next uh, Bruce Bonanza will be in two months, but also our anniversary is gonna be in the, in the third week of July, so please stop by and definitely you're gonna find some really amazing local breweries that two will years be right two years yeah this will be our two wow. years mark and we're so happy that community like community still supporting us big time and especially like Jimmy Carbone and the Good Beer Seal it's been like <laughs> so amazing to us so thank you very much Jimmy and thank you everybody All right. for we love you guys well <laughs> in closing I'd like to thank our sponsors at Union Beer Distributors have helped to bring this podcast to you tonight thanks to Chris Blake Tyson Raphael Jeff Heather, I think I got everybody. Did I miss someone? Rachel. For joining me, Rachel, for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Justin Kennedy and Maggie Side, and our engineer, Jack Inslee. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. 